to the reading of the Word of God. If you're able and comfortable, will you stand together as we read the rest of this beautiful psalm from the heart of David? Starting in verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name. May God add blessing and understanding to the reading of his word today together. Please be seated. Everybody all right there? What a beautiful, majestic, and descriptive psalm from the heart of King David. Amen? Wow. David, the young shepherd. David, the warrior. David, the king of Israel. David, the great psalmist. David is known to have written 73 of the Psalms, probably more. This Psalm is very distinctive, and it stands out among the many that David wrote. It is descriptive in proclaiming both the greatness of God in creation as well as the love that God has for his children. The Jewish Talmud recognizes this Psalm's unique identity as a song of praise by saying this, everyone who repeats the Tehillah of David thrice a day may be sure that he is a child of the world to come. What the Talmud surely recognizes 
is that Psalm 145 invites the believer to praise God in ways that acknowledge God's exclusive position as the ruler of the cosmos, but also God's unique care for his children. A praise of David, a high point of praise in the Psalms. James Montgomery Boyce says, Psalm 145 is indeed a, monual, a monumental praise psalm. An adequate summary of all that David had learned about God during a long lifetime of following hard after the Almighty. Listen to that again. Psalm 145, a summary of all that David had learned in his life of following hard after God. He learned about God and his greatness and his creation, and he learned about God, the loving God who loves his children. In my preparation this week and for the beginning of this series that is titled Words of Worship, I got thinking about David the psalmist. What was it? What was it that placed David in a position to be the great psalmist? To have written so much of the volume of our repertoire of praise in the Bible. What was it about David? Say that. What was it about David? Well, number one, David was chosen. Say that. David was chosen. We find a remarkable story in 1 Samuel 16 of the choosing and the anointing of David as king of Israel. The prophet Samuel had gone out from the current king Saul to meet with Jesse in Bethlehem under the direction of God. Note that Samuel had a relationship with God. And he could hear his voice. And Samuel could follow and did follow God's direction. Samuel knew that he was meeting with Jesse in Bethlehem and that a king would come of the sons of Jesse. Seems that Jesse had eight of them. Eight sons. I'd call that a full quiver. They started that eventful day with worship. Listen to me. They started the day. Samuel goes. He meets up with Jesse. The sons gather. And what did they start the day with? Not a call to order of kingly business. They started the day with worship. They started the day with worship. I think it's significant. Greetings, Samuel replies. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. The Old Testament rituals of worship. Perform the ceremonies to make yourselves holy and come with me to the sacrifice. Say, come with me. Samuel said, let's come together and worship. And worship. He performed the ceremonies for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. I think it is significant that Samuel brought Jesse and his sons to worship 
before making the big kingly announcement. First, they came before their God. Guests, we just finished a series on the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray. You remember where we started with the Lord's Prayer, friends? We started with praise. Our Father who art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. And then we decided it was okay to end with praise, whether the for thy kingdom and thy power and thy glory belong there or not in the text. We decided that ending with praise is okay too. Start your time with the Lord with praise. Say, start with praise. Start with praise. They came together for a business dealing for the nation of Israel to choose a new king. And Samuel said, whoa, 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 whoa. First, first, we're going to worship. They did the worship rituals. They sacrificed before the Lord. They had an experience of worship together before they got into the business of choosing the king. Then the process started. As the parade of Jesse's sons went before the prophet Samuel. They started with the obvious choice. The eldest, the tallest, the most handsome, Huh? The one with the best smile. Not the one. Say, not the one. Samuel, listen, Samuel says something here that I would like us to keep in our minds throughout this message and throughout the rest of this entire series in the weeks to come. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Look at this. But the Lord told Samuel, don't look at his appearance, how tall he is, but I have rejected him. God does not see as humans see. Humans look at outward appearances, but God, the Lord, looks into the heart. God looks into the heart. You see, it's not about how, we, how good we look to others. It's not how, we, how good we look to our friends, to our family, to our church. It's not how good we look in the eyes of the society. It's all about the heart. Guys, I believe I've heard a preacher say that a few times in the last couple of years. The, the pastor of, of, of New Covenant Church that we've been a part of before, before I came here, if he said I've, it's all about the heart, one time he said it, a million. <laughs> Melissa says a million, I was going to say hundreds. <laughs> it's all about the heart. I think I've said it once or twice in these uh, six months, friends. It's all about the heart. Let me ask you, has God done a work in your heart? Amen. Has God worked in your inner man? in your heart. And so the parade of seven more sons begins before Samuel. None chosen. Say none chosen. 
And then Jesse's kind of sitting out of the way, and he goes, oh, by the way, there's one more. By the way, there's one more. He's a shepherd. He's out in the fields. He's not dressed up for the occasion. He probably smells like the sheep. There's one more attending to the sheep. David. Samuel says, bring him on. He was brought in and immediately Samuel knew that he was the one and he anointed him as Israel's new king. Friends, David was chosen. Humans look at the outward appearances. God looks at the heart. David was chosen. Not for appearance. Not for his stature. Not for his position in the family. Not for his number of followers on Instagram or YouTube. David was chosen because God had peered into his heart. We made a statement at the beginning of our study on Elijah, the prophet, this past Thursday, which we are beginning on Thursday evenings. I made this statement. It's a statement I've heard preachers say. Probably somebody famous originally said it. I don't know who. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Secondly, David was anointed. Anointed. The, the pouring of oil over the head was the ancient symbol of being chosen by God. But not just chosen. Not just chosen. Set aside for purpose. Say purpose. Set aside for purpose in the kingdom of God. Anointing in the Old Testament was not for the purpose of, of making the anointed person feel good or, or feel better than anyone else. I don't know how good the oil felt going down over the head. I don't know if they warmed it up or if it came right out of the fridge. The oil was a symbol of the divine presence of God in a person's life and the task that God had for them. David was anointed. Samuel said, this is the one. Got out the oil. Got out the oil. God qualifies the chosen. Anoints the chosen. God had a lot of work for this young shepherd to do. Amen? A lot of work. Number three. David was described as a man after God's own heart. Say that. A man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. 
because he demonstrated in his life his, his faith and his commitment to follow the Lord. Yes, his faith was tested on a grand scale. And yes, he failed at times. And yes, David fell. And yes, David sinned. But after his sin, he sought and received the Lord's forgiveness. And in the final analysis, David loved God's law. And he sought to follow it exactly. David was a man after God's own heart. We should be people after God's own heart. You should be a man after God's own heart. You should be a woman seeking after God's own heart. We've talked a lot in the last few weeks about whether we have a worldly view or a heavenly view. Whether we have a self-centered perspective on our life or if we have a selfless perspective on our lives. We've talked about that a lot. David was a man after God's own heart, and God had done a work in his heart. The only way you, listen, the only way you can be a person after God's own heart is that he does a job in your heart. It's the only way. It's the only way. Number four. Remember, we're answering the question, what made David so special? What positioned David to be the great psalm writer? Number four, David knew temptation, sin, repentance, and forgiveness. Temptation, sin, repentance, and forgiveness. Friends, the aspect of David's life that is maybe the most significant in positioning him to be the great psalm writer is this. Was this aspect of his life. He became the great hymn writer. He became the great author of psalms and songs of prayers and repentance. But it was this aspect of his life that I believe that positioned David most effectively to do what David was going to do. David failed. David sinned grievously before the Lord, didn't he? I decided not to read the story this morning. We'll read it later. It's a painful story. Decided this is a PG crowd this morning. <laughs> David failed. David sinned. And, and, and he committed adultery and murder, and, and he covered it all up. Grievous sin before the Lord. And after failing, after sinning, he recognized his sin. He begged for forgiveness from his God. He repented and turned from his sin. He was reunified in relationship with his God. He moved forward with his life and he ruled Israel as God's greatest servant king. That's the human story. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if we confess our sins, he is what? He is faithful to forgive us our sins. It's man's story, friends. 
Again, we talked about it in the Lord's Prayer series. Remember? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We're to live lifestyles of forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness from God in our lives. I need it. How about you? Number two, we forgive those that have hurt us. We forgive the, we live a lifestyle of forgiveness. See, David knew, he knew sin. He knew that he had to beg the Lord for forgiveness. He had to go before his God, and he did. Our God is a forgiving God. If you don't hear anything I say today, when you fail, when you fall, don't forget that our God is a forgiving God. When you sin, don't forget that our God is a forgiving God. I think forgiveness is one of God's core characteristics. You and I are to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. God is existing in an eternal lifestyle of forgiveness because he loves his children. And forgiveness is a part of his core character. David knew, listen, David knew the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. He knew the grace, mercy, and forgiveness of God. And I believe it positioned him, say position. I believe it positioned him to rise above the evils of the day, to thrive as the king of Israel. I believe it, can, it positioned him to continue in the anointing of his life because he had been through the experience of failure, sin, repentance, forgiveness, and restoration. Hallelujah. David was positioned because of what he had experienced in his life. David knew the grace. We've talked about the umbrella of mercy around here. Are you, are you under the umbrella of mercy? Amen. David continued the anointing on his life to become the great writer of songs and hymns and prayers that all generations, say all generations, all generations of followers have been blessed by since. It's been a few years. The young people say it's been a minute. <laughs> been a minute since David started writing praise songs. Even before Chris Tomlin started writing praise songs, David was writing praise songs. And they've lasted. So, so, friends, it is time for me to make an important announcement regarding this preaching series that we start today. And through the next several weeks, we are going to invite in a guest teacher. This series is titled Words of Worship, and our guest teacher will be King David of Bethlehem. <laughs> we are going to study over the next weeks the Psalms and the life of King David. Because I think David is positioned to teach us how to have a lifestyle of worship. How to have a lifestyle of worship. How to, how to praise him in the most effective way that we can. Do you want to praise him for the, in the most effective ways that you can?
in the most God-pleasing ways that you can, in the, in the most joyous ways that you can, I, uh, I want to tell you that my daughter created this slide. I, I sent her a note and I said, uh, I'm going to do a new series on, uh, on the subject of words of worship. And would you create a, uh, a, a, some, some media stuff for me? And, and, and this came back to me and a couple days later I went, yeah. <laughs> because if you look closely, there are some great words there, aren't there? We're going to study the words of worship, the worship vocabulary. And the writer of that vocabulary, the writer of those tunes, the writer of those melodies, is David. Is David. Our guest teacher. He will speak to us through his life, and through his writing in the Psalms. Wow, I'm a half hour in and just getting to our text. By the way, Brickners, I do refrain from saying the words in closing. Because typically that means a preacher's going to go, what, another, another half hour, 45 minutes? I, I, avoid, I avoid saying that. Let's look quickly down through our text. I want to point out a few things in Psalm 145. Psalm 145. First, we are introduced to the Lord our God. Psalm 145. We are introduced to the Lord our God. Verse 1, I will exalt you, my God and King. Say, my. I will exalt you, a God and King. My God, Wilma. I will exalt you, my God and King. My God and King. This was personal to David. I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. We are informed by the writer David that God is his God. Say his God. His God. And God is his king. And that David chooses to exalt him. Friends, one thing I want to say to us right out of the chute in this series on worship is you have to make a choice to praise. You have to make a choice to worship. Because sometimes, some days, you don't feel like it. I will praise your name for this month. I will praise your name till the end of the year. I will praise your name till I'm out of this hole that I'm in. I will praise your name what? Forever and ever. Say forever and ever. I will praise your name forever and ever. The admiration. The worship, the praise from David is not just for today. It's not just for the good feeling or the inspiration that you feel at the moment. Exalting my God and King will be part of my life until the end of my days. I said, exalting my God and King will be a part of my life until the end of my days. And then as we know, if you have a heavenly mindset, that the end of your days is just the beginning of your days. Number two, next we see his greatness proclaimed. We see his greatness proclaimed. We've been introduced to him, to his name. Now we see his greatness proclaimed. Look at verse three and down through. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. 
God's greatness is beyond our understanding, friends. It's beyond our puny little human minds to be able to wrap our heads around how awesome and great our God is. His greatness no one can fathom. And, and remember he said, forever and ever. Look at, look at verse 4. Forever and ever. One generation commends your works to another generation. I know these people sitting here. They have commended the works of the Lord from their generation to this generation. Amen? Amen. Yes, they have. One generation commends your works to another. There is, there is none, there, there is no people group, there is no religion more effective at, at doing this than the Jewish religion. I tell you that because I've known some very devout Jews, and you know what they do? They pass it on. Say, pass it on. They pass it on. They make sure that their next generation knows the word. Frankly, they put us to shame. They make sure that the next generation knows about the mighty acts of God. I think it behooves us, friends. I think it behooves us, parents, to pass the word along. Huh? The next generation. From generation to generation, thou art God. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of your glorious splendor of your majesty. And I... Say, I, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim, say, I will proclaim. And I will proclaim your great deeds. As a worship leader through the years and participating in music in the churches and leading trying to lead congregations in worship I think there was a place at which I realized that I needed not be focused on the folks but to be focused on the subject <laughs> guys you know what I'm talking about Because some Sunday mornings, getting folks to engage in worship is like stirring concrete. It's like stirring concrete. And you can easily get frustrated as a worship leader. We did the first song this morning. Jaron looked at me and he said, they're all singing. There's a worshiping group of folks, and I have appreciated that for these six months. But our commitment to worship the Lord goes forever and ever to not this generation, but this generation to the next generation to the next generation, because he is going to be a faithful, worthy God through all those generations. Next. Next. We rejoice in his goodness. We rejoice in his goodness. Look at verse 7. Okay? So he's been introduced, and his greatness has been proclaimed. Now, we rejoice in his goodness. 7. They celebrate your abundant goodness 
and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. So break those two words down for a moment. The Lord is gracious. His, he is full of grace. He is full of grace. And he is compassionate. He is full of compassion. <laughs> he is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. But he is rich in love. Did I say we were going to rejoice? We rejoice in his goodness. He is slow to anger and rich in love. Look at verse 9. The Lord is good to those that he likes. Huh? The Lord is good to all. He has, there's that word again. He has compassion on all that he has made. God loves what has been created, and that includes you, my friend. Compassion. Verse 10, all your works praise you, O Lord, and your faithful people extol you. Listen, the reaction of people to God's goodness should be lifting him up in worship. Now, come on. He does something that you see his hand. He answers something you've been praying. He's worthy of praise. He moves in a situation that you've been concerned about. I think it's okay to thank him. It says, it says <laughs> all your works praise you. So, so literally the work that God does, the, the great things that he has done, the creation praises him and your faithful people, your faithful people that love you, they extol you. Next, we get a glimpse of his glory. We get a glimpse of his glory. Verse 11, they tell of the glory of your kingdom, and they speak of your might. Somebody say glory. I've done this before, but I, every time I come to the word glory, I gotta, I gotta say this to you. I, how I see glory. I see glory as the drive-in movie screen of God's character. There it is. It's on the hillside and it's on display for all to see. God's glory, listen, God's glory is who he is coming out. Who he is being made manifest. Who he is on display. That's God's glory. Glory. We get a glimpse of his glory here. Verse 11, David says, They tell of the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might. So that all people, remember I said on display, all people may know. And I would infer here that all people will see. All people will experience your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Friends, we get a glimpse of God's glory. Verse 13. God's glory is lived out in his kingdom. 
We, we talked about, again, I go back to our Lord's Prayer. Remember, we said, Thy kingdom what? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When God's kingdom is enacted on this earth, when it becomes alive and active and functioning on this earth, we get a glimpse of God's glory because it is contained in the works of his kingdom. God's glory, God's character on display shows up in his kingdom and again the same idea and your dominion endures through what all generations this generation and this generation and this next generation and the babies that are yet to come God's glory God's dominion God's kingdom shall last through all generations you all right Next, we are benefactors of his generosity. I'm loving this psalm, kids. Huh? We are benefactors of his generosity. 14, the Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. Rabbit trail alert. Been to the doctor's office lately? Our friend just had a hip replaced. There are questions that your doctor asks you now. And I don't know if they've always asked these questions. I saw my general practitioner, who's about half my age, less than half my age this week. He looks at me and he says, have you fallen lately? (laughs) Huh? Has your doctor asked you that? Or, or even maybe a more kindly, are you a fall risk? <laughs> My buddy Dr. Brickner is a, is a chiropractor. He deals with it after you fall. <laughs> are you a fall risk? Look at this. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. I don't know about you, but if I fall down, I could use some help. <laughs> huh? Huh? Wilma, Wilma fell down the other week. Hold up your arm. Look at this. Look, it's all better. Look at that. Yeah. The cast is gone. The cast is gone. <laughs> Wilma fell down the other week. Y'all are going to fall down. When you fall down, it says that the Lord, say the Lord, it said that the Lord will lift you up. Now, I'm not speaking of physically falling, and David is not speaking of physically falling. He's talking about when you fail. When you fall, the Lord is there. Mm. He lifts up all those that are bowed down. <laughs> His generosity. Fifteen. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. Song after song has been written about God's provision. And we are such physically oriented people. But I want to tell you that when you have something to eat, it is of the hand of God's provision. How far ever you trace that back. Not only 
food which is a necessity, but look at 16. And you open your hand and you satisfy the desires. Say desires. You satisfy the desires of every living thing. We're benefactors of his generosity. 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways, and he is faithful. I love that about God. Of all the characteristics that we've talked about, of all the words that we've mentioned, God's faithfulness rises high in our minds because we need God's faithfulness. I need God's faithfulness on my life. Why? Because I can depend on him. Huh? Because he's there. He's there today. He was there yesterday. Amen. Anybody? Any witnesses? He was there yesterday. And he will be there tomorrow. A core characteristic of God. We talked about forgiveness being a core characteristic of God. A core characteristic of who God is, is he is faithful. Look at 18. The Lord is near to those who call on him if they say the right thing. Go like this. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. 19, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Our God is a compassionate God, amen. We are benefactors, benefactors of his generosity, of his compassion. Verse 20, the Lord watches over all who love him but the wicked he will destroy. He is compassionate, he is faithful, he is loving, and he is holy, and judgment is going to occur. And finally, in verse 21, the last verse, is a therefore. It doesn't say therefore, but I'm going to insert your pastor's scriptural uh, 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 artistic license. I am going to insert here, therefore, because of all of these things that we've just read, because of all of these things that we've just understood, look at verse 21. My mouth will, say will. I have determined, therefore, based on all these things that we've seen, Based on, based on all that we understand of God's character and who he is and how he has fit that into our lives, therefore, say therefore, I will, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. I said earlier, worship and praise is a decision. It's a choice. You have to choose. These Fine young men come up here and sing a song this morning. You can ignore it and, 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 and turn your head and, and, and not sing. But Jaron says you're all singing. Praise the Lord. Good job. So, <laughs> the decision to praise, I would suggest, let me pastor you for a minute. I would suggest you start your day that way. You see, you see, he desires, 
He desires our praise. He desires that we position ourselves in a position of he is God and I ain't. And so I praise him. So I glorify him. So I worship him. And not only me, but it behooves every creature. <laughs> See that? Let every creature praise his holy name. Not just today, but when. We've said, it, we've said it several times today. The praise of God goes on forever and ever. Say forever and ever. Let every creature praise his holy name. I've seen some strange creatures. Seen some beautiful, amazing creatures in nature. Remember what it said earlier? All the works of God praise the Lord. All the works of God give him praise. His very creation. Remember my, remember my sermon on the Grand Tetons? And we put some pictures up there. After our trip out there, I was, I was, I was stunned. I was amazed. I was flabbergasted. Believe it or not, I was without words. At the beauty and the majesty of the Grand Teton mountain range. And the, and, and, the, and the size of a bison about as big as a tractor trailer. No, not quite. All God's creation point to his greatness. How can you explain? How can you adequately express... Well, you really can't adequately, but I challenge you to give it a shot. I encourage you to give it a try each day. To lift up the greatness of God. What did we say? To start with, start with God, I'm addressing you as my God. Say, my God. I'm addressing you personally as my God. I, I got a glimpse of your, of your greatness here. I'm, I'm going to comment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare your greatness. Oh, God, you have been so good. Huh? This is a good place to start your day. You've been so good. And, and God, wow, you're, you're, you're amazing in your awesome works of creation. Let all creation praise you. And then, you've been so good to me. You've been so generous to me. Anybody? Anybody? You've been so generous to me. And so I'm going to make the choice. I'm going to make the choice. I'm going to make the choice. I'm going to proclaim his greatness. I'm going to magnify his, his glory. And I'm going to thank him for his goodness. Words of worship we're going to explore over the next number of weeks from our guest teacher, the psalmist David. Amen? Amen. Guys, you want to come? That we used for several years as a closing to our service. And I want to say to you this morning, get used to it and receive it in the Lord. We're going we're gonna to sing blessing on one another as we close our services starting out from this point on. You okay? Okay? Pray with me. Father, we bless and glorify your name. Father, we thank you that we can get a glimpse of your glory. 
We thank you, Father, that, that we have experienced your blessings and your goodness in our lives and your generosity. And we choose, we choose to live lives that praise you, to live lives that glorify you, to live lives that make you smile. And I do ask, Lord, that you would bless us now. Bless us with your presence. Bless us with understanding, Father. Bless us with the joy of walking this life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a simple song. You may have heard it on Christian radio. And if you've heard it and you know it, sing with me. bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace sing it again shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace. Here's a word of worship. you to sing blessing to each other. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. 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 that a way to end the service or what? Amen. 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 Love you all. I know you've greeted our friends. Thanks you guys for being here so much. Thanks you